we've just uh, finished up with a, a uh, time of fasting. We have some guests here today, so I kind of give you a little bit of background. Um, and during that time, we were talking about God charting our course and just getting before God and saying, God, what do you have for my life? What do you have for my year? And uh, a big thing that I was seeing in this that, that, that I felt like we needed to move into and we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks is you, for him to take you where you need to go, he's going to have to show you who you are. And so we sang a song here, and it's wonderful, this last song. That is who you are. That is who you are. And God's saying, that's great. You figured out who I am. Now, let's work on you. You need to find out who, who you are. Because what happened for us in Christ, and that's why it's such a huge thing. I mean, we, we partake of communion, and, it, and it's, a, it's a ritual, or it's a, it's a, a, a thing that, that we do to remind ourselves of, of what uh, Christ did for us. Man, it is like stepping through a door into this whole new life that we have in Christ. And it's only limited by our awareness of it. You can't go somewhere that you don't know that you can go, you know. You can be fully capable of doing something and you'll just never do it unless you know about it. So we're, we're, we've been talking about this to some degree. And we found out, you know, that, that there's two different... We were born into a natural body that has capabilities that are limited to, to its environment, to its training, to its interest. You can, you can be very gifted at something and never do anything with it and just won't develop, right? Um, so so the, we're born into that natural body, but the same thing spiritually. Because some of us are gifted in different ways spiritually, but all of us need to have some of the same things. It's like in a natural body, you better learn some math. You better learn how to talk, you know. There's, there's some things you better learn how to do. There's some standard things, you know, that you just better do. But then you got to grow in all of them. So it's not going to be something that you can expect and then start blaming God for something because, <laughs> because you haven't applied what you've been given. And so what happened for us in Christ is, man, Old things passed away. Somebody died. An old man died. That means he needs to not get any more credit for anything. He needs to get no more, no, no more, no more acknowledging the old man. But then you start having to work in on that new man. So what is that new man? There's a wealth of investment. We have taken on the same nature as Christ. As he is, we're in the we, that's who we are in the world. Man, and, and I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I can get very little encouragement with that concept if I look in the mirror. <laughs> Why? It's because I need to grow up in it. Amen? It's not because the potential isn't there. Because he, that's who he says. If, if, if I am who you say I am, like we sang, well, what did he say? Because if he said these things, we're going to have to start believing him by faith. And looking like him. Is that right? So I want to look at a certain aspect of this because we kind of opened up the door and saying that this is a necessity. I tried to lay the groundwork about how essential this is. That it doesn't do any good to have a destination that God's taken to you, for you, if you don't know who you are when you get there. Because you won't be able to, to function in the way that you need to function and minister and to be victorious and all these kinds of things, right? So... Wanted to start delving into to, to the first thing that I see as being an essential thing. The first thing we're challenged with is 
Have you done anything wrong? Anybody done anything wrong? Man, I'll tell you what, we've all done something wrong. In fact, it might not have been that long ago in some way. And I'm glad that we're freed from the, the bondage of that, but we're still, we still have this flesh that we, we live in. So we still have these natural things going on, and we still are trained to think certain things. It's part of our nature. And it goes clear back to Adam. What, what happened with Adam? He said, did God really say? And he did something that God said not to do. And what happened? There was a big fall for all of us. And it became kind of a legal thing. I kind of referred to this during communion today. But the God we serve is a very legal God. He does things that are according to law. There's some laws in place. And there was, there was a law of sin and death that came upon us with Adam. And that nature of, of, of sin, it's a weight. It's, it's something. And what it, what, it, what, it, what it comes with is this, this sense that anytime wrong has been done, punishment needs to be dealt. You know what I'm talking about? And, and I was thinking about it because it goes clear back to our childhood. How long does it take for a little kid to say, I'm going to tell on you? Right? Uh, I'm telling. Why? It's, it's not just to make sure that somebody gets information that something happened. What do you want from me? You want punishment. Until punishment has been dealt for that wrong deed, justice has not been met. Can you see that? It's, act, it's, 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 a, it's a thing that, that is put into our nature. That something has to be paid if something is wrong. But you know what? Yeah, I, I've told this before, but I'll, I'll tell this for all of you who maybe haven't heard. And the other ones, you can just smile knowing what I'm going to say. But I have a brother seven years younger than me. The problem with a brother seven years younger than you is you really can't have fun fight. Because you're already bigger than them, you know. And I used to just take him down and tickle him because that was fun too to hear him laugh and stuff. But um, and finally, he, he learned how to take care of that, too, because he just reared back and hit me in the nose. And it's like, I can't do that back to him. He's seven years younger. You know, so that ended my teasing him at all. But he still delighted. My brother is much nicer than I am. I had, I had this little rebellious thing that could inspire somebody with great power to believe in the power of punishment also. Can, did you follow that? Somebody called my father. <laughs> and I know. It's like my, my, we just had a, a, his, his memorial service this last fall. He just passed away. And, 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 and all these people were talking about how great my father is. And he is. Uh, you know, he still is. You know, he's still, he's still living there. And uh, we get to see him before too long ourselves. But... Uh, I mean, people all over the world, and they have videos going on, and the main thing about my dad is he just loved him. He, he just, and he just, he was just a wonderful, everybody loved my dad, because you know, he, he went out of the way, his way just to listen to people and to, to pour his life into people, and, and I mean, he just, and so finally when it came to my turn to get up, I, I just said, I, I, you know, I, I just overwhelmed, and 
this great love that's being expressed for my dad, but I just want you to know that all you guys think my dad loves you, but he loves me even more. Because what does a father do who loves his son? He disciplines them, right? And I know I got more than anybody else because I deserved it. But somebody that delighted in that was my brother. <laughs> he enjoyed my punishment. He delighted in my punishment. And my dad, had, we, my dad made this paddle, you know, with a nice handle on it. And we hung it on the, the, you know, where you hang up your keys, you know, in the kitchen there. And it had a little loop on it, you know, that helps you to, you know. And, um, yeah, it was getting towards the end of my, you know, rebellious time. But I, my dad would take me back in the bedroom. And uh, if I was lucky, he didn't grab the paddle on the way. He was just going to talk to me. But my brother did not just want that. And one time in particular, I'm sitting on the bed and, my brother appears at the door, <laughs> swinging the paddle. He said, <laughs> he says, we, we need some action here. We need some <laughs> it's built into our nature that there's a need for punishment if a wrong has been done, right? And so that began a, a, a means of if you're going to get to God, you're going, because it's, we're aware of what somebody else has done wrong. But you know who knows most what somebody did wrong? We do. We have a conscience, don't we? We know what we've done wrong. And we know that God is holy. And to come before him, there's something wrong here that's going to disqualify us somehow. So this began, right? Right with the first brothers. What was the wrong with Cain and Abel? They went, what were they doing? They were bringing an offering, weren't they? For what? Well, they were bringing it to God, but they were also bringing their own righteousness, what they could do. Can you see this? To make up for something that wasn't right in them. Can you see this? And it's, it's, it would be, it, I mean, it got really developed with the law of Moses, right? Everything you had to do to access God was something that would reflect on how good you were. Can you see this? And what is it making it up for? It's making it up, it's making up for this, something's been done wrong, so a punishment has to be paid. So they came up with a sacrifice system, right, where you could, an animal would, their blood would be shed for this, a sacrifice, right? But it was never sufficient. <laughs> it was never enough, right? And so for this very reason is why Jesus came. He came to be that sacrifice, to take that for us. And if you can follow me with this. So, one of the first things that he established for us by becoming that, and man, we're going to see something here today that I think is, a, is very powerful if we can do this, okay? He didn't just come to be our Savior. He came to be our He actually identified as our punisher. Other scripture that says, and the, and the despisement of our peace was upon him. 
right? He chastised him about two times. Let's go here, first of all. I want to look, because what was necessary, and, and, I've, and I've labeled this, um, the righteousness of God, okay? This is going, going to go to our identity of who Christ has made us to be. But I want us to see this background for this so that we can actually embrace this as something that's essential. We don't go further in an identity with Christ than getting established in this area. Can we see this? So, prophesied in Isaiah was this very thing. He says, I am going to establish my righteousness. Okay? Isaiah 56 1 says, Keep justice and do righteous righteousness, for my salvation is about to come. Okay? He's, he's prophesying Jesus, right? But what is the salvation of Christ? Man, it covers everything, right? And my righteousness to be revealed. He's prophesying about what's going to take place. God had a plan for this problem. We're going to fix it. We're going to make it to where it's, you are legally covered in this area. Okay? Because we all have this problem. And actually, it will still weigh us down if we don't get an understanding of it and we don't apply it, our boldness to come to the throne of grace is contingent upon our understanding and our identity with being completely freed from all guilt. Not, not by anything that we can do. It's a free gift. Please hang with me on this, okay? Can you do this? All right. Let's go to uh, Psalm 9. <clears throat> And God's justice is an established eternal righteousness. So I'm just going to reinforce this a little bit more. It says, but the Lord shall endure forever. How many can agree with that? Yeah, he's going to be around forever, right? He has prepared his throne for judgment. This is the kind of God that we have, okay? Now, everybody wants to, to you know, you can get on social media, on the news or whatever. They start to try to say, give their own perspective of how God is. He just loves everybody. He just wants to include everybody. Just let everybody be how they want to be. No, he's a God of judgment. He's, he's a God, he's a consuming fire. And he will not put up with anything other than holiness. There's only one way that we are sitting here at all. It's because of the blood of Jesus. Amen? And we're not sitting here because of our righteousness at all. I don't care how wonderful you are or how bad you are. We all have the same access. And it has nothing to do with us. Amen? There's a whole bunch of liberty in this. If we can get it, the more we get, I'm telling you, you don't have a full understanding of this. I don't care how long you've been thinking about it or meditating on it or whatnot. We do not have it. And we'll see this. Okay. Um, so he's a God of judgment. So if this is going to be done correctly, he's going to have to do it legally. That's why the blood had to be shed. And that's why we, we, we have to, please help be with me. On, be <laughs> I'm saying some stuff today. Please do not fall asleep on me. I'm just saying this. Please don't. This is not something to fall asleep on. If you can please listen to the voice of God today. It's not just me talking. 
This is not something to just leave here and say I, it, it was another good day of worship today. The Spirit of God is trying to speak to our hearts today to call us out of a self-righteousness to a righteousness that can only come from Him. It's not something to get lackadaisical about. The voice of the Spirit is trying to talk to our hearts today. Please listen to me. He shall judge the world in righteousness. And he shall administer judgment for the people in uprightness. What God is getting ready to do in Christ is a matter of judgment. He's making a very critical decision that he's going to establish in the courts of heaven the access for people to be freed from a bondage of unrighteousness. To liberate them from what happened in Adam. I know, this is, I know this is maybe something we've heard before, but please listen to me, okay? Romans 5, 17. Though we've received a sin nature from Adam, we can receive greater righteousness in Christ. So we've received, how many would agree? Everybody's sin comes short of the glory of God. It's a powerful thing. We're weighted down with it continually. But what he's saying right here, he's saying, if there's something that happened in Adam that's a big deal, what happened in Christ is way bigger. If you hold on to it, if you take a hold upon it, and you don't make light of it, and you don't just let it go past you, but you say, I have to, I'm in the face of God right now to get revelation of this, because it's not a small thing, okay? Excuse me, I'm getting a little excited about this. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Sometimes with gifts we can take them lightly because they've been given freely. But there was a huge price that was paid for this. It's free to us, but it wasn't to him. It wasn't to him at all. It's huge. And he's saying, if there's an issue with unrighteousness, he said, what happened in Christ is so much greater. That nature you've been given in Christ, that's what we're talking about. You have to become aware of what happened in Christ, who you are now. There has to be an awareness of how much bigger who you are in Christ is than what you ever were in the old. And until that awareness overwhelms the old, you're still going to be ensconced in that old nature. And the gift for righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Don't you like that? That means when you get an understanding of the righteousness that you are in Christ, it won't just be in that area. It will cause you to reign in life. What does that mean? You rule and reign in life. Is that right? Is that what he said? Let me read it again. For if by one man's offense death reigned, Death has reigned over mankind, not just physically, spiritually, right? It says, if that reigned through one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. That means, you get this? You're not going further. Please, you don't get to name and claim anything. 
Not if you don't know who you are. Because you don't really believe what you're naming. You don't really, because until you understand who you've been made to be, the righteousness of God in Christ, what does that do? That establishes you in a place of authority. All right? Let's, let's keep going here. All right. The good news is that God's power has freed us from the condemnation of our disqualifications. So he said, this is what, what's going to happen in Christ. You get this? It's going to put you over the top in every area of life, right? Let's look at Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. How many are familiar with this passage? It's a wonderful one to say. I'm not ashamed. How many are ashamed? I'm not ashamed, right? But look at this. Man, in this context, look at what he's saying here. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, what? In what? The good news of Christ. What is that? That he came to take our inability to advance to God's presence. He took that on himself. All the punishment, anything that would keep us being, from being able to access God's presence. He became that. He didn't just do it for us. He became it. Do you see that? For everyone who believes, both the Jew first and also for the Greek, he said it's going to happen for anybody that does this. Isn't this cool? But let's look at this. For in it, the righteousness of God. This is the phrase we want to see. There's a righteousness of God that is, we, we have to get out of the realm of our own righteousness. Because our righteousness has to do with our, what we've done, what we can do, what we cannot do. But the righteousness of God, we can't relate it in the same way. We'll, we'll see what happens in the righteousness of God. It's powerful. It's powerful to change who you are to produce righteousness. And it won't be yours, it'll be his. He's saying this is the good news. Not that you're saved from hell. But you are given righteousness that you did not deserve. Amen? <laughs> For in it, in, in, the, in the gospel, I'm not ashamed of this. That means I'm not going to be lackadaisical about it. I'm not going to let it be something small to me. I'm not going to let it pass me by without getting excited about it. <laughs> right? For in, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That means I, every time I, I am exposed to something about it, a little more faith comes to supply. Right? How do, how do we go from faith to faith? We get new, more and more revelation of it. I'm telling you what, if we're going to live in this, we, we have to be excited about the revelation we're getting and doing something with it. Amen? As it is written, the just shall live how? By faith. In what? That God did something for me? That God did something in me. And I have been changed. We don't get anywhere in faith beyond the understanding of our righteousness in Christ. We have to know what he's done for us. He's changed everything. Amen? All right, let's go to Romans 3, 21. All right, this is a little bit of a long passage. I'm going to read through it. Are y'all doing good? <laughs> By knowing of and walking in the revelation of us as his righteousness, 
we fulfill his passion. So let's just read some of these. And, and, we'll, and we'll pull this out as we're going through this. But when you understand and you receive Christ, what are you receiving him as your Savior? But you're receiving him as your punishment. He's taken all the punishment that would, you could ever need that would keep you from righteousness. And when you receive him as your punishment, you're also repeat, receiving him as your righteousness. And you're like him now. Instead of him just being your punishment, you are becoming his righteousness. Can you follow this? You're not, he's not just giving you a righteousness. You are becoming his righteousness. It's, it's more than that. It's an identity. That's why there has to be this identity with him. I'm not, I don't just have righteousness from God. I, just, I don't just have forgiveness and mercy. No, I've become righteousness. It's my nature. It's who I am. It's my identity now. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. Can everybody say, the righteousness of God. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. I put the parentheses in there because there's some different translations than the one that says the righteousness of God. But that's what he's saying, okay? We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, for everyone is sinning. We all short, uh, fall short of the glory, God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. How did he do that? He became it. And he freed us from all those things, right? For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate, and this is what I want to lay hold upon a little bit. God wants to demonstrate his righteousness. What is his righteousness? What God has determined to be right is that everybody that believes in him is made right in him. That's God's righteousness. We don't get there anywhere else. We don't do things right. We don't go through a whole religious process to make this happen. If fixing us doesn't fix anything with God, believing in him does. Right? For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. When they do what? When they believe in Jesus. Now, here's what's really cool about believing, though. It's really hard to believe in something and never act like it. You know what I mean? You can't believe in Jesus and keep acting like the world. It will change who you are. Amen?
But what happens when we believe in him, what, what do we believe in in when we believe in Jesus? Oh, I just believe, I can believe in all the, the nice stuff, the love and all the forgiveness. And no, you believe that you are going to hell because you aren't good enough. And Jesus came along and became your punishment. And what happens when you believe in him becoming your punishment? Now you start acting like it. That belief forces you to act. Amen? And what does that look like? You become his righteousness. Did you know that, that God needs us to be this? He's wanting to accomplish things on the world today that you don't experience God without experiencing his righteousness. What do we see here? Do you remember me pointing out demonstrate? He wants to demonstrate righteousness. He's wanting to take us somewhere and, and cause somebody's life to be changed because of what we've encountered in him. Right? And how's that going to happen? Not if we're not growing in this. If, if we're not even remembering what we talked about by the time Wednesday comes around, we're not doing anything with it. There's no way we're growing with it. And there's no way we are becoming and exemplifying the, the righteousness of God. We're still ensconced in some cloud of depression about who we think we are. What we're going through in life. What life is doing to us is bigger than who Christ is in us. What did he say? When you believe this? You will reign in life. Is that right? That's not a small thing. So how are we going to get there? We're going to have to be aware of it. Have to grow in it. Is that right? And it's going to have to be something that's like numero uno. Let me study this more. We got Cinco de Mayo coming up on our that Jesus is good card thing coming up. <laughs> it has to be, it's going to have to come up in priority in our life, this, this righteousness of him. We've established that we have to be, know who we are in him. Where do we begin? Let's begin with righteousness. Let's begin with, it's nothing that I do anymore. But what do I believe when I'm believing in him? What does it take? I have to believe in Jesus. So what am I believing? I'm believing that everything about me that could be judged disqualifying, he's become the punishment of that for me. And then the belief of that is the becoming of his righteousness. Can you see this connection? To believe in him being our punishment, we become his righteousness. This is the righteousness of God. That he, the big, one of the biggest miracles ever, us as human beings that are incapable of anything on a higher level on our own. He transforms us by the power of his grace into his very righteousness. That's God's image for us. All right. Colossians 3.25. There's yet a consequence for departure from what is truly honest. <laughs> How about this is interesting? Because you know we can say, uh, I, I'm, I'm secure, I'm perfect, nothing can separate me from the love. Yeah, that's right. But are you going to the love of God? The only thing that can separate you from it is where you are. 
what you're choosing to do, right? Because this is Colossians, and he's talking to he's talking to believers. And look what he says. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. I thought we were free from anything. No, you know, it doesn't matter how good a Christian you are and how, how much you do for the church or whatever else. You go out and murder somebody today, you're going to get a consequence. Now, you can ask forgiveness. I'm sure God will forgive you, uh, right? There's a consequence. You go out here on the road and you start speeding. I slip by. <laughs> but if you're stopped, what do you stop for? Something you did wrong. Is that right? <laughs> and there's no partiality. So these are just things that are big things that we're talking about. But you know what? You have a wrong attitude. You, this, this is where this becomes, it's, you know what? We are in constant need of remaining in this place that we've been brought to in Christ. And if if we will take seriously this price that's been paid, and we go to live this week knowing that we need to take advantage of that, we need to plead the blood of Jesus over what we're doing. We need to apply the blood of, of Jesus to, to our life because we are still subject to a way that is not right. But we still have access to the way that is. We can become, we can emulate, we can demonstrate the righteousness of God. How's that? Continually growing in the awareness of who he is and his nature in us. Can you see that? All right, just... This is not something that we can say, I've done that. I was gloriously saved 20 years ago. I never had problems seeing never seen. <laughs> Could you loan me some money, please? No, I'm just kidding. Because um, we're in continual, to reign in life, we're going to have to reign in this awareness that transforms how we are. Did you know that we can get to the place where we never speed again and we never kill anybody? <laughs> And we start treating people right? How's that going to happen? How does the world know that we know God? Our love for each other, right? What does love look like? It doesn't hold anything against anybody, right? Well, how does that happen? Uh, are you all good, pretty good on that on your own? Uh, the, way, uh, the way you do it is to become full of this awareness of our righteousness. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We take that on as an identity. We begin to identify with it. We say, oh, we, we renew that consciousness every day. Amen? And when we go to the Father, we say, Father, I, I'm desperate to, to be. This is what Paul talks about all the time. He says that I, I'm just pressing so that I can somehow acquire this thing that's been acquired for me. What is that? A fullness of the awareness of our identity in Christ. That righteousness. Nobody can take it from us. It's a gift. But we have to access it if it's going to be any good for us. Can you see that? James 1, 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. What's he talking about? Control yourself. Right? 
What does he say? For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. What's he saying? We can't take on delving out what is right. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I, I know I'm, I'm coming at you right now, but let's let this, to me, this is kind of like a love message. How many like love messages? We're in, the, we're in the, the season of love. Don't you like that? All you need is love. Bum, 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 bum. All you need is love, love. Love is all you need. Well, yeah, if you do everything that love includes, right? And what, what, is, what is the biggest thing? You're removing, you're taking anything that would need to be delved out as punishment to somebody, and you're taking it to the cross. You're, you're taking it to that same place that where yours was taken, right? And now... You're actually becoming what you've been given. It's not just a gift anymore. You've become it. Do you see that? So, but we have to take that on ourselves. I'm not going to do that. It's not up to me to even preach righteousness to somebody else. Because what are we doing then? We're, we're actually pointing out faults at that point, right? And... and Telling somebody that, oh, you're not walking in love, you know. Who's not doing what here? <laughs> right? Because <laughs> the wrath of man, that means me getting upset. And, and man, we this is a natural thing for us, is it not? The anger. Somehow I have the right to do, to delve out some punishment here. And I'm going to be like my little brother swinging that paddle, right? And, I, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to say, um, I'm going to tell, right? <laughs> and he said, that kind of an approach, that desire to see punishment dealt out to somebody is stepping out of our own awareness of a righteousness that we've been given. Can you see that? Man, love and righteousness go together. They, they are married together. Can you see that? All right. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. As we live as God's righteousness, what does that mean? We become his righteousness. We're not just trying to do it. No, that's who we are. That's our identity. Who are you? Well, I'm in Christ. What does that, well, what does that mean? Well, I've become the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, how'd you do that? Well, he took all my punishment. So now I'm righteous. Now I have to look like, I have to be righteous. Now, okay. 2 Corinthians 5.20, I really like this. Now then, we are ambassadors. How many know what an ambassador is? We had uh, CAs when I, I grew up in Assembly of God Church. Christ ambassadors. That's what they called the youth group. Christ ambassadors. What does that mean? We are Christ ambassadors and our colors we must stand for. Did we have colors? I didn't remember having colors. <laughs> now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. How does God, how is, how is God going to plead through you if we're not looking like him? <laughs> you know? We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That means be 
He hooked up with what he's doing. He came, he gave his life so that we could be the righteousness of God. When we're reconciled with him, that's what's gonna it's gonna be. We're gonna be his righteousness. Can you see that? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become what? The righteousness of God in Christ. I'll tell you what, partly what got me going on this is I've had a problem with that passage before. How do I become the righteousness of God? That sounds kind of preposter, what he's what he call that. There you go. What he said. <laughs> Preposterous. Is that right? Okay. That that means I'm I'm kind of trying to assume something that's above me. Is that right? But no, can you see, we've, we've gone through this. When we believe that he became our punishment, at that belief moment, we become his righteousness. Because that is the righteousness of God. That he took it all. We don't have to do anything. We just receive it. Right? He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. What's that? Our punishment. That we might become what? The righteousness of God. How? In Christ. So if we're going to identify with Christ. How many want to identify with Christ? I've been made one with him. Amen. This could be numero uno. Right? This could be. It's going to have to be something that is a priority. I've not just received. No, I've become. That's my identity. Amen. Okay, I just want to end here with Paul's declaration about this. Because this is something that we do not, it, it becomes a continual urgency. <laughs> if, if, if this is a prerequisite to getting anywhere with him, I'm going to have to understand who I've become in his righteousness. Amen. Paul's desperate pursuit to lose attempts for own righteousness. This is the battle that the world is going to put upon us. Our old nature is always going to put upon us. The the world of punishment that needs to be dealt. And it's going to be punishment that we feel like we deserve. This will keep us from getting our healing. It'll keep us from going where we need to go when God tells us to go. Our own sense of unrighteousness, right? I've done something. I haven't quite gotten good enough yet. I don't know enough words yet. I haven't prayed enough yet. I haven't done this enough yet, right? Now, it won't just be for us. That same attitude gets dealt out to other people, and we become judgmental of other people, right? They're not as spiritual. Certain political parties we can look down on, which is not good either. I don't know why I said that, but but it's it's an it's an attitude of the mind. It's a worldly approach that has to be lost, and that's what Paul, I believe, is talking about when he's saying, "I'm going to have to lose this because that's the old nature. That's one of the hardest things to get rid of." Is somebody deserves punishment. Anybody deserves punishment. Now, you know, we do have laws and you can't, you know, 
the things that will need to be dealt legally, but when it comes to our heart, our attitude, our perspective of who we are, and I encourage us today, let's receive this. There should be liberation that we find within this understanding of, of our righteousness in Him. There's nothing that we can do to get it, and so we need to be released from that, but we also need to understand that like Paul, I'm going to have to be prepping for this because it's going to be the battle. How many know there's an enemy that goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? Who is he going to devour? He's going to devour those who are still ensconced in a self-righteousness. That's where your vulnerability lies when it comes to Christ. We become invulnerable as we are the righteousness of Christ in Christ. Can you see that? Philippians 3, 9. And be found in him. Remember we talked about this can be found. And not having what? Paul's talking about this. He said, I'm pressing towards this thing. I'm moving towards this thing. And what? how am I going to look when you find me? Where did Paul go? Oh, I found him over here. He's in Christ. Where did Pastor Stephen go? Oh, he's over here. He's in Christ. Well, what's he look like over there? Well, he doesn't have his own righteousness anymore. Right? That's what you look like when you're in Christ. First thing, uh, you don't have your own righteousness anymore. Right? That means it's not religion. That means it's not stuff you can do or not do. He's not living in his own righteousness anymore, which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's where you're going to find. That's, but he's saying, I'm always pressing. Can you see that? There's, I want to take on that same heart. Oh, can we just receive of the Spirit right now? As he's compelling us. What did he say? This is what, this is what, I want you to become. I want you to become this, that, that wherever you go, you become this demonstration of my righteousness. Why? What are we trying to sell here? Why would the world want what we want? You know? If we're not actually the righteousness of God, if it's not transformed our life, if we're not reigning in life through Christ, because we've become aware of who we are, we're actually living it, we actually believe it enough to look like it. Right? Who are we to try to like we're sharing gospel with anybody. What is that gospel? We saw that the gospel is this. Complete transformation. We've become. There's an opportunity today, and I just I just ask that we do this. Let's let's drink in of the Spirit's moving right now because He is. He's moving in this place right now. There's an opportunity to not just let this pass us by, to not reject it, to not uh, let it something that, that we don't embrace there's an opportunity for repentance in this moment so I'm going to embrace it myself what is it repentance I want to make an adjustment I want to make an adjustment right now and allow the truth from the word of God to become something that my heart is giving fire to see this we're not going to encounter we're not going to encounter an experience in God that's going to be more effective 
revelation like this. Amen? But when we hear a word like this, do we respond to it? Jesus said, you hear my words, you respond to them. You allow them to become revelation to you because I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. There's an opportunity for God to show up in our life. Can we do that? 